Hi everyone and welcome to East Redland Anglican for this 18th Sunday after Pentecost or the 4th of October 2020. This week we've got a guest preacher. Uh, today we're joined by the Reverend Canon Sarah Plowman who is the Diocesan Director of Ordinands and Vocations. She'll be talking to us today um, on the parable of the wicked tenants but more specifically, how some of what that parable contains speaks into our sense of vocation, and particularly for her uh, in the discernment of priestly vocation as part of her position in the diocese. So uh, we give thanks for her with us today. And, and as I've said over the last few weeks, go and grab yourself uh, a coffee or something to drink. Come back, settle in and enjoy the sermon. It is such a joy to gather with you today and it always makes my heart glad to see smiles in the congregation because I think as the people of God we have much to be joyful about and, um, and I hope that as I talk today you'll have more and deeper joy to celebrate today. I want to share with you today a little bit about of my enthusiasm for encouraging people in their vocation as Christians. I am the Diocesan Director of Ordinands and Vocations with special responsibility for the Youth to Young Adult Project in the Diocese. <gasps> That's a long job title, isn't it? There you go. But my job essentially involves encouraging and walking alongside people who are considering ordination to the priesthood in our diocese. To those outside the church, I say I'm in recruitment and training. And then I say, would you like to be a priest? And generally, they walk away quite quickly. But being a priest is more than just a job. Um, it is actually an extension of someone's individual commitment to Christ. It's an extension of our faith. I believe and I hope that every baptised person is seeking to live out their vocation in Christ, whatever that is, whether it's as a plumber or a teacher or an accountant, a parent, a nurse, a retiree, a flower arranger, whatever it is that you are called to do and be in Christ, that is your vocation, and I pray that you pursue it with all your heart. For many of the people who come to me saying that they feel the call to be a priest or a deacon, they often say that they want to do it so they can care for people. And I remind them that we can care for people without being a priest or a deacon. In fact, all Christians are called to be carers and reconcilers in whatever vocation they find themselves. This is our primary vocation for each one of us. And we should all be motivated to be carers and reconcilers in Christ's name. And our motivation for why we do things is really important. St Paul talks about pressing on towards the goal, reaching the finish line. That motivation is so important in all of our life. Think about something that you are really motivated to do, that you'll bounce out of bed and you'll do without a moment's hesitation. Have you got something? Now think about something that you're really unmotivated to do, something you will put off and put off and put off and put off until it just cannot be done anymore. Did anyone think of cleaning the house? That's mine. The dust can be an inch thick and I'll still find something else to do. The thing that I love to do without, I'm totally motivated to do is working in my garden. Sometimes I'll find myself weeding or watering in the dark because I haven't realised that the sun has gone down and I can't work out why I can't see the weeds anymore. It's because the sun's gone down and I'm still there. I also love running 
but it takes a little more motivation to get out there and have a run because the satisfaction doesn't come until later. I have to get through what my brother calls that horrible half hour where you're running and your muscles are saying, just stop, just go home and put your feet up. But once you break through that and you get to the end and you feel really satisfied about something you've done, then that, that kind of rush of endorphins feels fabulous. My body feels great and that's why I love running. But it does take a different kind of motivation to do that other thing that I love. Today's Gospel reading, I believe, is about motivation, about why people are doing what they do. The workers in the vineyard are working hard. They know that there will be a reward for their labours. They know what they have to do and they do it faithfully. There's no question in the, in the, um, in the parable that the workers don't work hard. But they are hungry for a reward. They are motivated by their desire to have something that they don't have already. They want what the owner has and what they see that the son will inherit. And they were prepared to do terrible things to get it. Let us kill him and get his inheritance. That's some serious motivation to do terrible things. But I think there are kind of three steps in this process of thinking to get to that point. First of all, they recognise that they are lacking something, that there's something in their lives that they don't have, namely the rewards of owning a vineyard. They recognise that. Then they realise that the owner has that and the owner's son is going to get it, that the way they could get it is through the owner and the owner's son. And then they make a choice. They choose to steal, to take by force what they might have shared in in the long run, but they choose to take it by force. They recognise that they lack something. They see that the owner has it and then they choose to take it by force instead of waiting and trusting the owner. If God is in fact the owner in this parable, I wonder if you can see that pattern, that story playing out in other stories in scripture where someone recognises that they want something or that they're going to get something, they lack it, and then they see that God has it and then they take it, not by waiting for God but by stealing it. Think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God says, you can have everything but not that one thing. And they go, oh, let's steal it. Abraham and Sarah, God says, you will have a son. Oh, we don't have a son, we need to get one. Let's find our own way of doing it. The Hebrews building the golden calf. Didn't wait for Moses to come down from the mountain. The prodigal son wanting his inheritance. Saying to his dad, give me my inheritance now. It's as much as saying, I wish you were dead. Can I please get my money? And the Pharisees wanting the authority that Jesus had. This story of people recognising that they lack something, that God in fact has it, but they're not prepared to wait for God's time. They're motivated, but not prepared to wait. And so they fall into sin. At some point... All Christians have recognised that we have sinned and fallen short of what God desires for our lives. And it's not just about personal sin and morality. It's actually about a propensity as human beings to get it wrong. We just get it wrong. Think about the way we've treated our world, the way in which we have dominated and overused the resources of the earth. 
without thinking about it. Think about how we've treated other members of the human race. I've um, been watching a TV program called Further Back in Time for Dinner on the ABC. I don't know if you've watched it, but it's fabulous and my kids have loved every episode of it because it's, it's quite hilarious in part. But in the second episode, um, they're in the, in the time of World War I and they speak with a man who's, who was an Aboriginal man whose grandfather went away and fought shoulder to shoulder with white men in, um, in World War I. And then when they all came back to Australia, the Aboriginal man was not allowed to have a drink with his mates at the RSL. And his children were not allowed an education. He fought for the freedoms of this country but was not allowed to participate in the fruit of that freedom. Human beings do destructive and awful things to one another. That doesn't even start with the whole horror of World War I. Let's not even go there. But little things like that are very, very big things for the human race. Human beings seem to make these mistakes time after time. And I'd like to think that humans are getting better as the years go by. But we are sinful as a race. And so we lack the goodness and the grace that God can provide for us. But secondly, if we're sitting in this church and we've recognised that we lack something as human beings, we've probably realised that God has that that we are lacking. That it is in Christ that we find that redemption, that salvation that God provides to us. Now, I don't think that God is an old guy up in the clouds kind of sending down goodness on some people and then smiting others for being naughty. God is, in fact, the heartbeat of the universe. God is the life that exists in a tiny seed that's been dead for years. God is the love between lovers and the kindness between strangers. God is the mystery of light and existence of matter. God is the source and the motivator of all goodness. And Christ is the inheritor of that abundant love. Christ makes visible what is invisible. Jesus' actions, his words, his life, his example, his self-offering are the inheritance that he received from God and that he offers to us. Jesus realised God's love. And by that I mean that Jesus made it real so we could see it, know what God's love is meant to look like in this world. We can see it in action. And then Jesus gave people a choice to join me, follow me, Walk the way with me and like me. Be faithful workers in the vineyard, trusting that the inheritance will come to you in God's time. People made that choice. Faithful followers over the year. But sometimes people rejected him, just as the Pharisees did. The story Jesus told was insulting to them because they were the ones that were treating people badly. When we have to destroy someone or something in order to get what we want, something's very wrong. Either we're wanting the wrong thing or we're selfish. And yet it is written throughout the history of humankind that this is what we do. How armies and settlers and invaders have destroyed people and culture and landscapes in order to take possession of what God has already given so generously. If only the workers in the vineyard had known that they were co-inheritors 
of the abundance. You don't have to steal what's already yours. That's the wonder of being in Christ, that all that is in Christ is ours as well. No need to steal anything. There's enough grace and love and goodness for everyone. Followers of Jesus build up and they don't break down. Jesus came that people might have life in all its fullness. Our first and primary vocation is to be followers of Christ in the simplicity and the complexity of the gospel. Where people like Cameron and me and God willing in due course, Gary, are called to be priests, we feel very confident. We take on the special responsibility to be leaders of a movement that encourages people to be followers of Christ. This is a movement that has changed the world and will continue to change the world. We are God's people. The church needs great leaders and preachers and pastoral carers. And I encourage you to listen to the voice of God in your heart, to encourage people around you to find their vocation. It may not be to be a priest, but whatever God has called you to do, may you do it with great heart and enthusiasm and joy. I pray that for each of us, we may know Christ as the one who gives us the motivation to do and be his people in the world. I pray that all people will know that we can make a choice for love and joy and hope and grace and that each one of us can be bearers of that to the world. May we each do our part, find our vocation and make our choices as God would desire. Amen. That brings our podcast to an end for this week. If there's anything more you'd like to know about the parish, you can always check us out at our website, which is www.eastredlandanglican.com.au. You'll be able to find lots of links there to our Facebook page, to our Vimeo and YouTube channels, and to our Apple Podcast channel. You'll be able to go through the website there and find out any other information you want to know about our service times or baptisms and confirmations and things like that. So check us out there, um, have a look, and if there's anything you need, please don't hesitate to send us an email or give us a call, Um, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.